Hey there, welcome to the Northwest Audio Podcast. My name is Nick, I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Luke. Today we're going to be talking about Luke's message from Sunday morning called Prayer is Sacred. As always, if you missed Luke's message on Sunday, you can go back and listen to it on whatever platform you are on. Just go back an episode and you'll find it right there. We'll be waiting for you to come back. Before we begin, a couple things. I want to remind all our listeners that we want this to be as beneficial for you as possible. So if you have questions about sermons you hear or about any faith-related things for that matter, please submit those on our website under media or using the QR code on the chairs on a Sunday morning. We really encourage you to use this resource to your benefit so this could be the best thing for you. We want this to form you. Um, And so if you have questions, we want you to ask them. All right. Let's talk about prayer in the prayer room, even. We're in the prayer room right now. This is a, a holy, prayerful space. It really is. To talk about prayer. And um, let's talk about, I feel like this was kind of the, the basis of your message, uh, is that prayer is language. Uh, why don't we just talk, we start by talking about that a little bit. Yeah, prayer is language. I believe that wholeheartedly that it it is uh, a topic that is well overthought and we've mm. over spiritualized prayer to to a point that it's hard to access anymore. That's ironic. I know. We've over spiritualized the spiritual life. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot more simple and practical than we think it is. It, oh it totally is. It is much more simple and practical than we think it is, but it's far more powerful than we could have imagined that it was. Mm. Right. And so we have over-spiritualized it to the point that we can't access it. And so we're like, oh, prayer is uh, not for me. And prayer is not for me because I'm not a pastor. I don't have any experience. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up in a Christian household. I didn't go to Bible school. Right. I've never prayed before. I've only heard my grandparents pray, and it didn't make any sense to me. So, you know what I'm saying? We've yeah. over-spiritualized prayer to the point we can't access it. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we see in the Bible is um, Jesus teach the disciples how to pray juxtaposed to the way that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day were praying. Which, honestly, it's funny that like nowadays I feel like rather than looking at the way Jesus taught prayer, we're still looking at the Pharisees we're still looking at these really complex prayers and being like, I can't do that, so I can't pray. Yeah. Like, that, that's what it comes down to, which I, I always told the students this, um, and I would even say this in, like, prayer team emails. At the, at the end, I would say, as always, pray as you can. Mm. Like, pray what comes to mind. Yeah. You know, like, let it be simple. You know, like, if this is about relationship with God, if this is about being and communing with God, just talk about what's on your mind. Like, if you go through the Psalms, you see that if David's upset, oh, he sure well lets God know that he's upset. You know what I mean? And if he's if he's happy, he'll celebrate with God. It's just invite God into whatever it is that you're experiencing right now. Just just pray what comes to mind. Just talk to him. And you, you even said this. It's, it doesn't matter what you say. It matters that you say. It matters that you pray. Like, just being there is the thing that makes it special and important and and formative in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's why I talked about how my five-year-old daughter, who's learning how to pray right now, is learning the language of prayer. 
Right. And she's learning the language of prayer by starting as a five-year-old would, which is expressing thanks and gratitude to a God that she's been taught about, uh, a God I believe that she believes in, that she she trusts. And she is um, appropriately praying prayers of a five-year-old. She's praying as she can. She's praying what she knows. She's praying what she knows. She's praying what she can. And, and honestly, if if complex prayers are like the goal and like those are the things that that you know are acceptable prayers, then that would make Mila's prayers meaningless. It would preclude them from yeah. being listened to by God. Right, which is not true. We know that's <laughs> which not, is true. not true. Yeah, I, it's such a strong point. I, I think that if if the value of prayer is predicated on their complexity and how polished they are, then we're all toast. Yeah, right? my prayers, my prayers suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey God, <laughs> I'm sad. I think, <laughs> I think instead, what we see in the Psalms and what we see from characters throughout both Old Testament and New Testament stories is that actually it's the honest prayer mm. that seems to break through. Yeah, right? shout at God. Yeah, there's this honesty. Um, the the value of prayer is in its honesty, and also the value of prayer is not in its results. And I think that's another reason we've over-spiritualized mm. prayers. We treat it like a genie in a bottle. Yeah, Like, well, I prayed for this, and I didn't get it. Or I prayed for this person to be healed, and they weren't healed. So prayer must not be valuable. It must not work. I'm actually really glad you said that, because I did want to talk about that today at some point of just like, you know, we say that prayer has power. We say that prayer changes the world, but like, what if it doesn't? Mm. Like, what about when it doesn't do that? What about when I pray and pray and pray and pray, and the thing that I've been praying for, it, it feels as though God's not listening and that God didn't do anything about it. Sure. And what that comes down to, like you just said, is that what if what if the purpose of prayer isn't to get what you were asking for? You know what I mean? What if what yeah. if that's not the purpose of prayer? What the purpose of prayer and the power of prayer is actually in what it does to you as you ask for those things. Hmm. It's almost like, like you know, it, it teaches you to be dependent. You know, when I ask God for something, what I'm doing is not just asking for God for something, and I'm not just like um, asking God to, to, you know, bring the power in this way. In reality, God is actually forming me into someone who is dependent on Him. Praying is reminding me of my smallness, and reminding me of God's bigness, you know, mm. you could say that. Like, it's like, oh, as I pray for someone to be healed, I'm reminded that God is a healer and that God can heal. Yes, he can. And there's also um, a bad assumption on the human's part to believe that, um, well, for example, James 5 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It says nothing about... Um, immediate instant results, mm. right? Or instant feedback that's visible. It just says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It, it, it means that as we're engaged in, in prayer, we're also connected to the source of power. And although we may not see the person healed that we've been praying for to be healed, or we may not see the results that we desire deep down, it also doesn't mean that it won't happen eventually. And it also doesn't mean that we we won't see it um, happen in heaven from a from an eternal perspective as we look back. And so it's just 
we've got we've got prayer all like confused. Yeah. We're treating it, you know, we over spiritualize it to the point we can't access it, or we treat it like a genie in the bottle as like it's magic. It's a it's a magic trick. I pray and I get. And okay, there's some scripture that says you do not have because you do not ask. Um, I think that's kind of ripping out of ripping it ripping it out of its context. But asking a you will bit. receive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and of course, J- Jesus wants to be um, our primary go-to. Like He wants us, His children, uh, the children of the King. He wants us to go to Him first, yeah, not go you, to Him last. Just as you would as a father. Just as well, just as my child would to me. Yeah. yeah. If if I want my kids to come to me first, not as a last resort, but as a first option. I think that God wants that from us too. Yeah. But we have looked at prayer and we've had bad experiences with prayer. We're like, well, this didn't happen. This person wasn't healed. I didn't get, you know, <laughs> she or he didn't fall in love with me or they said <laughs> no. You know, there's all kinds of reasons that we can blame prayer for not doing what we thought it would do. Right. And I think it's just a misunderstanding of prayer. Yeah. It's, 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 um, there's divine communion to be had with the king. And it's by prayer that that connection is made. There is a dialing of the celestial heavenly phone by prayer that God picks up. And now we are in two-way communication. There's actually another way that, that um, some of the intellectual movement of the West recently has broken down the difference between um, uh, prayer and meditation. And I, I, I thought this was a beautiful way to, to um, uh, differentiate between the two and that prayer is actually speaking to God and that Christian meditation was listening to God. And I thought yeah. that was a beautiful way to describe the reality of engaging in communication with God. And if this prayer life, if a life of prayer is a life of language, there needs to be an acceptance that that language can be learned. Mm. And if you are a self-described beginner in prayer, may you know that everybody, was once a self-described beginner in prayer. Yeah. The people that you look up to, the people that you're like, man, they pray so good. Guess what? At one point, they were saying, thank you for my house. Yeah, man. Thank you for the food that's yep. in front of me. Yep. Thank you for... I, in high school, there was this guy, uh, you know, in our, our freshman theology class, because I went to a Lutheran school, so we had a theology class. And this guy in our, our freshman theology class, we'd start with prayer requests every morning. It was our first period. He, we, you know, everyone gets to give a prayer request and give like a, a thanks for God. And he would always say, without fail, every morning, thanks for waking up this morning. Yeah, and cool. and at the time I was like, how juvenile. <laughs> I was like, you know, <laughs> you know, on my on my pedestal, you know, thinking that that's just so silly. But looking back, it's like the purity of it. Mm. Like, what a simple thing of like, yeah, thanks, thanks for helping. I'm glad I woke up this morning. Thanks, God. Like, like that's God. You know, let's thank him for that. Let's just be mindful of that. You don't, as much as we say, you know, it starts there, you never graduate from that. Yeah, you never, you're totally you, like, right. You Like, as much as we say, you know, you move on to, to, to bigger prayers or you move on to praying for other people, like, you never... I've heard this said once about, um, basically, it was like, we never graduate from Jesus loves me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like we, awesome. we think of the song Jesus loves me as like this childish song, but yeah. the truth of the gospel is that we never graduate from mm, that song. I love that. That's not just for the kids, that's for everybody. Yes. And so I feel like prayer, like this is the same kind of scenario of like we never graduate from thanking God for the little things. You know, and 
Um, I've heard this in some of the different pastors that I've you know, listened to sermons on about prayer, um, is that they've said, you know, the people that have struck me the most in their prayer life are the people that, you know, prayed for the mundane things. Hmm. The people that were willing to give even the smallest things to God. You know, prayer wasn't a last resort for them where they only brought the big things, where they were like, oh, I'm doing life on my own. Oh, no, somebody's going through this. Now I'll pray hmm. because it's big enough that I think it's now, now I need to give it to God. It's bigger than me. If it's mm. not bigger than me, then I can handle it on my own. No, sure. Yeah. Mm, what a lie. And that is a lie. You know, yeah. it's it's that, you know, what if we never graduated from... Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Or thanks, thanks for my house. Yeah, thanks for my house. Like, like it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's the simple, it's the mundane, it's the little things that we don't always catch um, and the things that we don't always ask for. Like... We'd think it was it would be stupid to like ask for a parking spot at the store. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like that's a misuse of prayer. Like how dare you ask the king of <laughs> a kings? Misuse of, like it's <laughs> such a funny that's such a funny sentence. Yes. Misuse of prayer. Yeah. How do you how dare you ask the king of kings and lord of lords for a parking spot? Like there are people dying, you know? They're, they're like how how could you do this? But honestly, if you think about it from a heart perspective, that's just a complete giving of myself. It's a complete, you know, I will give everything to God, everything about my life, even the smallest thing. And that's, that's a silly example. And I, I, I will say right now, never once have I prayed for a parking spot, like in real life. But you, you might now. But I might now, you know, um, I'm going to go home and be Cause like. Because the, the, the struggle is real, bro. It is. Especially <laughs> with three kids. Like, please, Lord, let please, there be. <laughs> please get a parking spot really close to the door so I don't have to walk with all these children across the parking lot. Oh, my gosh. That's true. Oh man, but you get the point. I totally get the point. You get the point. It's just that like we keep lying to ourselves and we keep believing the enemy's deceptions that, you know, prayer is only that, you know, high level polished prayer and everything beneath that's not important. And everything that isn't a big thing isn't worth God's time. You are absolutely worth God's time. Everything in your life is worth God's time. If if you weren't worth his time, why the heck did he create you? <laughs> like it's a com- it's a comforting notion to believe the truth that you can't bother God. Yes. And you can't you can't hurt God's feelings either. When I found out that I couldn't hurt God's feelings by being mad at him, that changed everything for me in prayer too. Hmm. Being like honest with the place that I was at of like, you know, I know in my head that God is not to blame for this, you know, but right now I just need to yell at God and being able to be there. And and I imagine him looking now where I'm at now, I can imagine him sitting there and just taking it and receiving it and saying, oh man, I know that you're hurting. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you're hurting. It's not like a, he's not getting defensive. He's not fighting you back. He's not getting mad at you. Like, how dare you blame this on me? It's not my fault. No, no. He's up there just saying, yeah, I know you're, so, I'm, I'm, I know you're hurting. I'm so sorry about that. You know, I like, I want to help you through this. And I'm so glad that you came to me. Like when we start to imagine God in that way, that will change everything in our prayer life. Which kind of brings us back full circle about the comment I made about how, you know, that first, uh, third of the Lord's prayer was um, 
you know, pray like this, you know, because Jesus was, he wasn't talking to novices. They were trained in rabbinic prayer rituals. Right. It's not like they've never he done was, this before. They're right. like, what's prayer? The, yeah. yeah what, he was redefining prayer for them. Yeah. He wasn't defining it. He was oh, redefining good. it. Right. And so really Jesus is like redefining a prayer paradigm for these disciples, these, these Hebrew disciples. And the first thing he talks about was our father who is in heaven. So there's an immediate acknowledgement of relationship dynamic, right? There is father and there is son or daughter. There's child. And I think that, you know, you just touched on this, Nick. You talked about how um, God the Father can, can quote-unquote, handle whatever we, whatever yeah. we got. And that there's, there is probably like a, a smile, a sense of like, I'm so glad you brought it to me. Yeah. Whether it was good or bad. Yeah. And like the reality is, look, if I look at one of my three crazy kiddos, I'm glad they brought it to their daddy. Yeah. Right? And so I am, I am hoping and praying that if anyone is wrestling with the roadblock of father in prayer. So if you are void of prayer in your life and the relationship dynamic of I'm son and daughter, son or daughter, and he is father, if that is getting in the way, you need to answer the question as to why it's getting in the way. And it's probably because you've got some father baggage. There's some parent baggage there. And I wonder that, I wonder if in prayer, <laughs> ironically, you can work out some of this mm. father baggage, <laughs> right? We all carry father wounds. That's part of the reality of life. And um, I'm grateful that, you know, I've got a really healthy relationship with my biological father, but um, I have lots of dear and near friends um, that didn't. Yeah. And um, I've heard the stories of pain and I, I've made the connection that's quite quite easy to make the connection of the projecting onto God the Father what a biological father's actually responsible for. Yeah. Which God's not hurt by that. I don't think he is either. No. And we've got this framework, this paradigm that Jesus is redefining prayer for the disciples, and there's like there's like a lesson here. This you you once had language for this. And the rab- the rabbinic language of prayer was uh, steeped in uh, meaningless repetition, okay, and um, it was all about following a schedule rather than facilitating a relationship, okay. And so we, as Westerners in 2023, swung the complete other way, <laughs> and we swung the completely the other way, yeah. which is uh, I ain't gonna say a daggum thing. Yeah. I'm not going to utter a prayer at all. Right. For whatever reason. So we don't have to have prayer redefined. We have to have prayer defined. Yeah. And I think that what we get in God's word is um, prayer is language because prayers are spoken in your heart of hearts, in your mind of minds, or out loud. It's language. It's formed by words or thoughts. Yeah. Okay. And language is learned. And I think that if someone is listening right now that desires to begin a life of prayer, you must accept or adopt, I guess, a definition of prayer that's actually helpful for you, right. which is that it can be learned. Don't worry, friend. You can learn yeah. to pray. Yeah, you can start now. <laughs> if you call now. <laughs> if you call now, you can start this right away. <laughs> oh, man. I would also say one more thing, Nick, now that you got me going, is that... <laughs> is that 
for the for the brother for the sister who has formed a life of prayer who's in regular mm. communication with the lord be it prayer be it meditation you know if if someone opted for like the dictionary of well prayer is speaking to god meditation christian meditation is listening to god i think that's a great way to break it down whatever if you want to begin a different chapter in your life on the topic of prayer James 5, when talking about a righteous person's prayers are powerful and effective, they're not powerful because you got good at prayer. Mm. They're powerful because Christ's imputed righteousness is inside of you. It's because you have opened yourself up to the Holy Spirit's movement, guidance, and empowerment in your life. The most effective and powerful and moving prayers that have shook my bones awake have been because someone else opened themselves up to the Holy Spirit because they were living from a place of righteousness, Christ imputed righteousness. They weren't prayer experts. They were just wholly obedient and available to the Holy Spirit. That's good. I think that is a great, that's a great segue into talking about, you know, if you've been praying for a long time, you don't need it, you know, defined. Maybe, maybe you would. It's helpful to have a redefining of prayer. Sure. Um, but you're like, man, I I want my prayers to go to the next level. You know, like <laughs> I, I want to start praying for other people, but I'm just terrified. You know what I mean? Like I feel like so many of us are so scared to pray for other people, um, and that's that's so good. What you just said is that it's not how good your prayer is, but it's the obedience in it. It's the obedience. Um, I think of this this one time in high school. Oh, my goodness. This was the first time I prayed for somebody else. Um, it was my, I think it was my senior year of high school. We were on a missions trip, and we had done like a little, like a couple of us with one of the teachers had done like a, basically, hey, tonight, we did like a little prayer training, and we're like, tonight, you know, look around and ask the spirit, like, who are you calling me to maybe pray for this evening um, during worship? And so I'm in the back and I'm like, I'm going to try it out. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to pray for somebody. It's going to be awesome. You know? And so I'm in the back and I'm like, I'm like looking around the room. I'm scanning, I'm scanning, I'm scanning. And I'm like, just asking God to, you know, let a name, you know, really stand out to me. Let someone stand out to me that, that I, I need to pray for right now. And as I look around, <laughs> I see my ex-girlfriend <laughs> who like dumped me a year ago. <laughs> I was like, oh no, <laughs> because the it was literally, I'm like looking around the room, looking around the room, looking around the room, and her name just like pops into my head. And I was like, oh shoot, I'm not praying for her. So I keep scanning the room. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I keep scanning, keep scanning, keep scanning. And I'm like, and I, her name keeps coming up in my head. I'm like, I'm not going to, God, I'm not going to. And this leader comes up behind me. He, he walks up to me. And at this point, I've been like, for two songs straight, I've been like pacing back and forth, like almost walking towards her and then like walking away. This leader comes up to me. He said, God's proud of you and he wants you to take the step. <laughs> That's so fantastic. And I was like, no, I don't <laughs> want to take the step, you know? And it was, it was, it's just funny that you say it's all about the obedience because his obedience, that leader's obedience then spurred on my obedience to go do the thing that I wasn't wanting to do 
and go pray for this person that I didn't really want to pray for. And so then I went and I, I went up to her. You should have seen the look in her on her face when I walked up to like tapped her shoulder and she was like, <gasps> why are you talking to me? So I was like, the Holy Spirit <laughs> told me that we need to go back out. Oh my gosh. No. Um, and so I was, I was like, Can I pray for you. And I start praying for her. I don't even remember what I prayed for at all, but she just started like breaking down crying. And it was like, suddenly I realized that whatever the heck I was praying, I didn't even know what I was saying. It was just coming out is like exactly what she needed. Hmm. And so I feel like that's where we see James five in action. You know, I tell that story to show James five in action of the, the prayer of the obedient person. The prayer of the person that is aligned with Jesus is powerful and effective. Not because you're anything special, but because God is something special. Because God is something special and has invited you to participate. You know, prayer is a lot about partnership, if you think about it. It's that God's already doing something in this, you know, to use my story as an example, he's doing something in her life, right? And he's doing something in my life and in the way that I pray for other people. And he's doing something for the, in that leader's life. And he just, you know, he's like, oh man, what if I could just bring all this together? I'll just invite them to partner with me and I can use them as catalysts. I can use them as vessels for my mission. And so I'll have you go up to this person and pray for them and say, hey, you should listen to God. And then he'll go and listen to me. And then he'll do, it's just like a, it's like a domino effect, you know? And so if we're just willing to step out in the obedience, if we're just willing to embrace the prayer and we're willing to embrace the the fact that God sees us as we are and he loves us and he just wants us to, to do life with him, there's nothing to be afraid of. I was listening to a message on prayer and he was like talking about intercessory prayer, you know, the praying for other people. And he was like, the worst that could happen is that you pray for them and nothing happens. <laughs> Which is what happened before. Yeah. So you didn't lose out on anything. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, the worst, the worst that could happen is you pray for them and you're like, you know, I feel like God's putting this image in my mind. And they're like, yeah, no, it doesn't ring a bell. Well, oh, well, I tried. He's like, but the yeah. best that could happen is that you pray for that person and their life changes by the yeah. power of the gospel. Which was which was my whole hope and prayer with the Florida story was, man, if if you want to level up, if you want to like... <laughs> and there's, ter- not, there's literally <laughs> nothing, there's nothing wrong with desiring to grow in prayer because people desire to grow all the time. Right. I want to grow in my knowledge of God's word. I want to grow in this way, that way. So if you We're want to grow growing. in prayer, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. So we're just kind of being funny right now. But if you want to get to that next level of prayer, if you want to grow in prayer, you're going to have to obey the promptings. Yeah. It's quite simple. That is the way to grow in prayer is to obey the promptings. I interacted with someone in our church just after Sunday this past weekend um, who shared a brief story with me, and I thought, uh, wow, such a profound thought. He said, how many stories haven't been told because people haven't obeyed the promptings? Oh, man. And that just hit me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. There is just so many times, Nick, where in my stubbornness, I have not obeyed the prompting. And every time I have obeyed the prompting, I'm so glad I did. Yep. Not specifically tied to the results that I saw, but the satisfaction that comes with just obeying. Exactly. There's no regrets. Even if nothing happened. Yeah, there, you, don't, you don't regret it. You know, it's not like a, if only I had prayed. You know, and I do want to address one thing. 
we said this before on the podcast, um, but I do want to address the fact that we're not saying that God can't work without us, right? God can still work in someone's life even if you don't obey, okay? So don't feel like all the pressure in the world of like, oh no, God's mission can't succeed if I don't obey this prompting right now. No, God, God will still be glorified. God will still do what he wants to do, but you'll miss out on doing it with him. You'll miss out on the partnership that he wanted. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He could have done all of the saving work with or without the church. He didn't have to make humanity. Yeah, yeah I t- you're, you're totally right. There, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. You of know, course, I don't want, to, I don't want anybody being like, I'm glad you did. Oh my gosh, if I don't obey, I'm ruining this person's life. No, no, no. You're not ruining anybody's life. It's going to be. I don't think you're okay. ruining anybody's life, but, you, but there is just, I think the reality is that. God doesn't want you to miss an opportunity. Right. And at least from my pastoral vantage point, like I can tell you, like, look, if you, this is your home church. Hear from your pastors. We don't want you to miss an opportunity for God to use your prayers to help someone else step into their obedience, to step into their next step. And that's why, you know, <laughs> there was like this moment of laughter slash applause when I was like, dude, this church was planted like an unknown, unnamed man in Florida in 2017. Be- because he, right? He was the righteous person in James yeah. 5 who, who prayed for me. And so it's incumbent that we pass that along to all people. And dude, you want to see the kingdom explode and break through cultural barriers? It's going to be by prayer. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if prayer is what empowers us, like if God empowers us and and pushes us through prayer, then if we're not praying, then we're not going to be empowered. Like we're not going to be, you know, aligned with the Spirit. We're not going to be ready to do the work of ministry, at least effectively. I mean, think of how lame the church would be. Like, think think all the way back to like the early church. The church would have literally just fallen on its face a couple years in if there was no prayer. If there was no prayer, it it wouldn't have made it this far. And so, I mean, it's just, so I, I don't know. I just agree exactly with what you said of the, the, the kingdom of God will just spread like crazy. It will explode. And it's all because of prayer. Like prayer is just the foundation of that more than anything else. Yeah, I remember being at a, church planting assessment Southern California 2019 and I'll never forget what one of the coaches told our group of candidates which was church planting is like farming you gotta work like it depends on you and you gotta pray like it depends on God Mm. because only God can send the rain and sun and I will never forget that because it was just a telling um, idiom that communicated how critical it was and wow. is That's good. to have a regular life of prayer and call upon God in prayer to not just empower our individual lives of discipleship and growth and, and being equipped to do the work, but to usher in the Spirit's presence in what we do as a community, as what we do as a, 
a church in Indianapolis, Indiana, trying to reach this state for Jesus. Your talents, my talents, our giftedness, our unique wirings, our personalities can only take something so far. Yeah, we can only plant the seed. It is going to be by prayer that anything miraculous happens. Wow, that's good. And so anybody could lead a church with their giftedness and their talents. And frankly, you can see some human results from that. But if you want to see heaven sent, God-sized, yeah. miraculous breakthrough results that push back the dark kingdom so the spiritual kingdom of heaven takes more and more ground on earth, it is not going to be by talent, human giftedness, mm. and personality wiring. It is going to be by the language of heaven. It's going to be by prayer. Yeah. I just want to... Going off of that, I want to touch on, and this is almost like, this is part of the whole purpose of the podcast, is formation. And we, we, we touch on this every week in some way, shape, or form of like, whatever is informing you is forming you. Like, you're always being formed by something. And so it's like, what are you going to be formed by? Um, and so I guess like in this instance, it's be formed by prayer. You know, if you are formed by prayer and you even said this in your message, you said, the more that you pray, the more you want to pray. Like, it's just like, it's contagious. It just makes, it's like a snowball effect. You just keep wanting to pray more and more. And it's because God is forming you. God is realigning you to his heart and to his spirit and, and to what his will is. And the more you're realigned with him, then the more you're able to do the work of ministry, you know, the more you're empowered. Um, and so I guess this just kind of reestablishes the truth in this podcast that we've covered is that your formation and your empowerment um, are inseparable. Mm. Your formation and your mission are inseparable. Um, the more you are empowered, the more you'll be formed. And the more you're formed, the more you'll be empowered and equipped. Um, yeah, I almost hear you say, hearing you describe the dichotomy of the deeper we go in our formation with Christ, the wider he takes us in his mission. Yeah. Christ. And the wider he takes us, then the deeper we have to yeah, go. It's a self-feeding it's relationship. A, it's just a self-feeding thing. It's just constant, 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 constant. And so it actually makes me think of this quote. Um, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he said that, you know, I don't remember all the books I've read any more than the, the meals I've eaten. Even so, they have made me. And so it's like this idea that, you know, we don't remember all the meals we've eaten, but if we didn't eat them, we'd be dead. We wouldn't have the energy, you know, and, and so prayer is the same way. Prayer is that same yes, thing. Is. You know, it's, we may not see the answers that we want. We may not feel like it's doing anything. We might pray for a week and be like, this isn't helping, so I'm going to give up. But that's just because our culture is so short-term. It's so like, I need to get right now. It's, um, what is that? What is that called? It's like a quick, quick fix, quick fix, quick. Yeah, I guess. Quick incentive, you know, like, I, I want it now. I need it right Instant right gratification. Instant gratification. Thank you. We're, we're all about instant gratification. We don't want to go in for the long haul. But as Eugene Peterson calls it, following Jesus is all about a long obedience in one direction. A mm. long obedience in the same direction. And so it's like your prayers are forming you even if you don't think that they are. You know, if you look, if you find any person that you look up to as far as, like, prayer life goes... 
and you asked them, you know, about all the different things they've prayed in their lifetime, they would not be able to tell you because it's just no. become, it's become part of their life. But yeah. they would, but they would still say prayer has changed my life. It has changed my mm. world. It has formed who I am. And honestly, if, if everything's forming us, wouldn't we want union with God and prayer to be the thing that's forming us? Which is so funny. That quote is so stinking true. The spirit-appointed, anointed prayers that I've been um, privileged to be involved with, frankly, I don't remember much. Right. But you it, remember that it formed you. I do remember that it formed me, and I do remember that the spirit was there. The prayers I do remember, Nick, are like the super honest, raw, simple prayers. Mm. Like the prayer that you're sitting behind, you know, by your bedside at night, or you wake up in the morning early before the rest of your family. And I remember this prayer recently. I go, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> oh, God, help my frame to desire what you value. Mm. And it's just like, that's all I could... That's all I could come up with. <laughs> and God's yeah. like, that's good enough for me, man. <laughs> so it wasn't polished. It wasn't anything. It was just like super raw and like honest and candid and like I'm, I'm, war- I'm worn out. I'm tired. It's so funny that the, uh, the, the human honesty of prayers is sometimes what we remember. But he's totally right. The rest of this prayer life, I can remember very little yeah. about like who prayed for me or what I have prayed for somebody else, which brings me up to an, a last point, Nick, that we, uh, Oswald, Oswald Sanders, uh, we've, been, we've quoted a lot of people today. We have. Wow. Okay. We're so, we're so academic. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Oswald Sanders, he said, prayer is not the preparation for the greater work of ministry. Prayer is. Oh. The greater work of ministry. That's so good. And it just proves concept, right? It proves the point that we're trying to make right now, that um, (laughs) prayer is, yes, there's no no ifs, ands, and buts, right? James 5 says what it says. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, okay? But if we think that the value of prayer is based on its results rather than on its it rather than on its intrinsic inherent value of language correspondence with God right that prayer in and of itself is the greater work yeah. is the is the value the value is summed up in the correspondence with God and that is forming us and formed children do God's valuable work. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, the power is twofold. The power is that you pray and what you pray. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's awesome. Like the power is in the things that you're praying for and, and that, that God, you know, responds to our prayers and the fact that you prayed when you pray, there's power in that. Because if you look at your own life, if you just, if you pray, 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 like 10 years down the line, you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, there's so much power because look how much God's formed me. Yeah. You know, that's good. It, John Mark Comer says, he says this, he says, prayer is not a means to an end. It is the end. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's just fantastic. You know, it just is like that. Prayer is all that you could want. This episode turned into how many people we could quote <laughs> in one podcast. How many people can we quote in one podcast? Oh my gosh. Well, 
if you think about it, we're pastors. So like if we don't have quotes, you know, up our sleeve about prayer, I mean, or even pastors, come on. Seriously. <laughs> All right. I think that's enough for today. I think we we have talked a lot. I think it would be a lot of good things. We have. This was been, this has been a joy. Uh, it would be in my opinion appropriate to end with a prayer. Oh, that's I that's would love beautiful. to pray okay. for our listeners. We'll, we'll do last encouragements and then Okay. How about you pray for us before we go? After we do that. Okay. All right. Last encouragements, go for it. Here's what I would say, Nicholas. I would say if you want to begin a life of prayer, the quickest way is immersion. I know this sounds silly, but the quickest way to learn how to pray is to join the prayer team and listen to other prayer teammates pray. That's probably the quickest way is immersion. Be around people who pray. Um, of course, also adopting the mindset of a five-year-old child and just offering words of thanks and gratitude. That's a great way to start. It's a great way to build. And if you want to grow into that next season of life, let me just say we are looking to scale our prayer ministry well beyond what it is currently. And we're a three-year-old church plant, so all things are subject to scalability. And prayer is no different. And we would say that prayer was how this church was planted, and prayer is how this church will scale and grow and break through. And so I'm calling on all of Mercy Road Church Northwest to involve themselves in a ministry of prayer. That's what I got. That's good. All right, brother, if you could summarize your final encouragements for our listeners, what would you say? Honestly, I would, just like I said earlier, I would close in the same way that I close uh, prayer team emails. Uh, pray as you can. Pray what comes to mind. Uh, whether you are new at prayer or you've been praying for a long time, embrace the simplicity, um, embrace the, the relational nature, embrace the fact that prayer is the end. Um, it's not a means to an end. You know, it, it is the greater work of ministry. Like, just embrace prayer. Um, prayer is approachable, and God is approachable. Um, and so I hope that if you didn't believe that before listening to this, I hope that you believe that now. Um, I hope you believe that, that God wants to hear from you. And before you pray, because uh, I do want to make sure that prayer is the last thing we do, uh, don't forget, listeners, that you can submit your own questions and about the sermon, uh, other faith-related things, anything on your mind, um, on Sunday mornings using the QR code on the back of the chairs or on our website, mercyroadnw.com, um, under media. You can find it there. Uh, you can find more details and information about our community on our website as well. And on that website, you can get a hold of me or Luke. Uh, if you go to our staff page, you can find our, our emails and you can reach out to us. We are approachable. We are approachable. So please, please approach us. So thanks for joining us. We hope that today encourages you to engage in a life of prayer. All right. Go ahead and pray for us. I'd love to. And we'll be done. My guess is that many of you that are listening are either uh, on a jog or on a commute or just maybe over a lunch hour. <laughs> I don't jog. You don't jog. Uh, maybe you're tired. And so 
I'm just going to pray the most honest prayer that I can come up with right now, which is, oh God, help my human frame to desire what you value. Amen. Thanks, everyone. We will talk with you soon. 